0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 154 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morales. Thanks for joining me for another episode. So excited to have you with me. Um, I am pumped for this next episode because uh, he was someone that I got to meet in person at FinCon. Man, do I say that a lot? But it is what it is. It's where all the money nerds in the world go, and uh, we were actually speaking on a panel. Um, back in October, it was in October. Um, and his name is Jim Wing. He is the brains behind Wallet Hacks. Um, but before that, he actually started a blog called Bargaineering which I remember when I first started reading personal finance blogs back in the day in like the mid 2000s or, you know, goodness, that sounds mid 2000s or late 2000s. What year is it? 2018. Oh my gosh. It does not freak you out. Anybody that it's 2018 it freaks me out. Anyway. Um, Anywho, bargaining was huge, so huge that he was able to uh, sell it for a good chunk of money and uh, basically early retire. And now he uh, started another website called Wallet Hacks that is doing really well. And uh, so I just kind of basically just asked him a bunch of questions about all of the hacks that he talks about on his website and just like what are some just like good tips uh tried and true uh kind of methods uh that people can uh take action on uh, i know a lot on the podcast we talk about you know kind of theory or a mindset or psychology and just like you know, feelings and you know, like, because I, I, I do really like that stuff. And at the end of the day, I do feel like personal finance is way more than dollars and cents and numbers and math and stuff. But sometimes it's also nice to get a refresher on, like, hey, what are some of those, uh, you know, strategies or, you know, methods that people use to actually see you know, a difference in their, you know, budget or their bank account or how can they save money? What are some things that I can implement today? So that is kind of what this episode is all about. So I know you're going to like it. But before I get to that episode with the wonderful Jim Wang, here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Freelancers and small business owners, I feel you. Tax season is in full swing and I bet there's a good chance that many of you are trying to dig your way out from underneath a pile of receipts and spreadsheets do yourself a huge favor and stop digging before you completely disappear under that abyss of paperwork. Go and check out FreshBooks cloud accounting software. Not only is it going to save you a ton of time and stress, it might actually change the way you feel about dealing with your taxes. Need to send your accountant a quick summary on the amount of tax you've collected last year. How about pulling together a profit and loss summary? FreshBooks can generate these reports in seconds instead of the hours it would take you to do them manually. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank accounts, which means next time you use your debit card for that meal, tank of gas, or new computer, boom, the purchase is recorded instantly into FreshBooks. All this and FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to use. It's made especially for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. And right now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to FreshBooks.com slash M-O and enter Money Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, that's FreshBooks.com slash M-O and enter Money Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Hey, Jim. Thank you so much for joining me on the Money Podcast. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Um, it was so nice to get to meet you in person at uh FinCon and be on that panel uh with you. That was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm so glad that now we actually get like a good chat, to you and me, on the show. We you have mean, shot shot a, <laughs> <laughs> a lot to chat about. You were a little stuff. bit late. But like you know what? Minutes. Fashionably late. It was fashionably late. <laughs> um <It was> fun. <laughs> Um, but basically how I kind of got to know you was Tanya from our next life was like, oh, Jim's going to be on the panel. He's kind of a big deal. And like, she was serious. So I'm like, oh, if he's a big deal, I need to talk to him. I need to get him on my show. (laughs) Not
1: big enough. (laughs) Not not at all.
0: Well, so, well, I I think the reason she says that is, so you have been in the vlogging game for quite a while. Like how, when did you start exactly?
1: Uh, I think it was 2004 or five.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's, it's been, it's been a while.
0: Is that like before WordPress was a thing?
1: It was. So back then you had to install it yourself. Oh
0: my there wasn't, gosh. there was,
1: there was still the, the world, they call it the world famous one click install. They still had that, but you had to download it and you had to edit your uh, config file. Wow. To, like, let it know where the database was. But then it was just one click. Wow. It's actually one of the reasons why I started a blog. Was because it was that easy. I mean, it sounds hard now. You have to download it. You have to you know, yeah. do all that stuff. When today, all you do is you sign up with a host and you literally, again, you click one button and they'll install it for you. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, this will be fun. This is easy. It's like keeping a journal, and you know, I could read it at work, or really write it at work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not
1: really write it at work. I could. I was so. I'm okay, pretty so, sure all I, bloggers just, have
0: totally written their blogs, including myself, at work. You're like, no, I'm totally yeah, – to you just it. have – no, but now that I work for myself, I can totally say it.
1: <laughs> That's true. I guess I can say Yeah, can. no
0: one's going to – You know, who's going to care? Who's going to know?
1: Yeah. yeah, but the <laughs> idea was – so I, they gave me like this manual, like the 401K, and these are your retirement options and insurance. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So uh, I like – like a nerd, I took notes because oh, I like that. To, to translate from their like legalese speech to mm-hmm. me later, I'm like, I don't want to read this again and like try to understand it again. Here's how I would have written it. And then so I decided I'd start a blog, not because I was writing for anybody else, but that I could write it at home or whatever yeah. and read it at work and really write it at work. And
0: I yeah. and, uh,
1: and just kind of how it started and it was just for really for me and then for like few of my friends because they'd be like, oh, what when you read this, what did you say? And rather than like I, I didn't really want to like talk about it for like half an hour about 401k whatever I'm like I wrote about it
0: Here you, go.
1: you read it and then we can talk about it so we can mm-hmm. skip that like 30 minutes where I probably get it wrong <laughs> yeah. I've I, I gotten plenty of things wrong that's actually one of the great things about having a blog is you write what you think and yeah. then people tell you. on the internet they're very happy to tell you that you're wrong about what you yes think. and sometimes you are as you misinterpret something or or whatever <laughs> And so it's been, it's been educational sort of on both sides, but yeah, 2004 or five, I can't even remember. It's been so oh, wow. long.
0: I love that, that you started it just with, you know, you wanted to educate yourself and some friends and why not? And now, I mean, it's 2018 yeah. now. That's insane. Yeah, um, Because no
1: one thought like blogs were a thing. It was like, no, I ate a banana it
0: was kind I of like, like more practice. of a journal thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's worked out. Yeah. Well, even when I started mine at the end of 2011, before that, like a couple of years before that, I didn't know anyone actually still had a blog. Because it was, in my mind, blogging was just like the live journal days where people would just talk about their day. And I'm like, I don't care about that. And yeah. so when I was getting more interested in personal finance and, and very much you know, the same as you, I started uh, working – I had no idea about anything and didn't want to be broke anymore. My sister told me, oh, there's some blogs out there. I'm like, people talk about this on blogs? And then I'm like, oh, it's a whole different thing now. That's interesting. And now it's 2018 and people are still blogging. I remember when I first started my blog, everyone's like, oh, blogs are so over. No, they're not.
1: (laughs) They always – everything's always over. There's always like the new thing that's exciting. And yeah, there's always going to be a new exciting thing, but – people still read like exactly. as much as they say, Oh, you know, the Kindle and eBooks are going to kill regular books. Like people still read regular books. Mm-hmm. Now it's not as convenient as having, you know, all the books yeah. that you would want, but really you only read a one book at a time. And there's yeah. something nice about just like, you just open it up. And if you drop it, you're not really all that upset. If you dropped your book, <laughs> like yes. I guess the Kindle's real cheap now.
0: Yeah, I know. It's yeah. But like, back in the day, it was like, Oh my gosh, don't ruin your, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But still like the writing people will always read and yeah. some people just like reading better than like video like you can't watch a you can't watch a video at work no right? you can't it's <laughs> true you can, you can secretly read
0: read all the blogs at work which i exam- yeah. yeah i totally used to do and i didn't yeah watch any video and then when podcasts like you know started coming becoming more popular i'm like oh i can listen to those at work so yeah. maybe i should look into that um so was that first blog bargaining? Is that yep. what it was? That was it. And how long did you have it? And then at a certain point, you had the opportunity to sell it, which is, you know, pretty cool.
1: It was, I had it five years. Wow. And I, I was only working on it sort of, you know, after work on weekends for the first three. And then I was able to quit my job working on it full time for two. Wow. And then, yeah, it was it what's funny is so in high school I had to get tutoring for writing (laughs) my background is in software engineering and like typical, stereotypical like engineering nerd like good with numbers I wasn't really that good with numbers I was just (laughs) better than average with the numbers and I was not at all good at writing yeah and so I had a tutor for writing and I remember telling my dad like oh you know I was working a very good job in defense like very stable like Mm -hmm. One of those careers you can be in for 30 plus years, retire, have a great life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, hey, dad, I'm going to do this blogging thing. And first of all, my dad's like, what's the internet? And the yeah. second it, he actually, it, he, he said these words that like scared me to the core. He was like, are you sure?
0: Oh, I, like, I know.
1: Oh, no, I don't think I'm sure. That's actually the only thing he said. He said, are you sure? I was like, uh, I was until you asked me.
0: Now I'm like, do you know something I don't?
1: (laughs) And then I was like, yeah, no, I, I think I'm sure. I think I know. I I figured out how it works, and this is this will be good. He's like, okay, I trust you. And I was like, all right, do it. (laughs) Worst comes to worst, you could have found another job, right? Yeah, one one of the nice things is in defense, you have security clearances and all that, and those are are really hard to get. And granted, once you leave, they immediately expire. But since you've gone through that process of having your history checked, you're more likely to get approved if, yeah. if you were approved the first time. And so th- that was always a good fallback. Plus, I I kind of liked my job. It was fun. It was yeah. working on interesting things and working with good people. And so I left, and they knew I was leaving because I would started my own thing. They didn't know that I had had my own thing for five e- or three <laughs> years at the time. But it was it was just one of those. You know, yeah, if if you if things don't work out or you want to come back, you want to whatever, let us know. And so it was always open.
0: That's nice. That made it
1: a lot easier.
0: Definitely. I can't believe you were able to kind of keep that secret and hidden from your coworkers for so long. Like, I don't know know how lots of bloggers do that. I couldn't. I just like, ah, I've got a blog.
1: (laughs) Well, well, here's what's interesting is I had. So my friends knew. Like, yeah. And so the places that I worked were so big yeah. that I rarely worked in the same office or the same organization uh, as my friends. And it would usually not come up in like a group conversation. And cause it's like, Oh, Jim has an internet journal, right? Yeah. Like, that, like whatever, who cares? <laughs> and so that, that part never came up. And yeah. So I also remember back then, you know, Facebook started in what? Like two thousand. Five? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know. But mm-hmm. back then it wasn't big yeah, one of those. colleges. Mm-hmm. Twitter wasn't around. Like social media isn't what it is today. Where- oh I know.
0: I remember those days being on MySpace. <laughs> My That's
1: right. Everyone's friends with what was it, Tom?
0: Yes, everyone was friends with Tom. Oh. And uh
1: so like it wasn't socially people like yeah, they might have known that at a blog, but it wasn't like a big, you know, in front of everybody type of yeah. thing. Today, it's it's hard to escape. Like if you have a blog, people have to use pseudonyms and like not show their faces and yeah, all, especially so- early retirement.
0: And yeah. they're,
1: you know, you're worried that, Oh, if they find out that you want to retire early, that maybe you're not bought into the cause or the mission or the mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's, it's a lot harder now, but back then I, I started my blog and because I'd shared like my budget, yeah, it, I'd gotten into the New York times. Like oh wow! It was amazing. It's awesome. None of my friends had any idea. Grant, I'm in Maryland, and the New yeah. York Times. It's a national. Ma- it's a national. Everyone newspaper. knows New
0: York Times. It's huge. Yeah, but it's, I'm in um, Canada. I know what that is.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying you don't know. It. I'm just saying no one like picks it up and reads it. Right, 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 like, right. When you're in, Mar- it's not like in New York where it's like in mm-hmm. every coffeehouse, whatever. Here, it's like, oh, if you want to buy it at the store, it's like eight dollars.
0: Yeah. Market.
1: And it was like a- in a Sunday, or no one had any idea. And here I am going. Oh, I'm in the New York. I, I grew up in New York, yeah. so this is like a big deal. And I knew it was like the Sunday money, like fluff piece. I didn't care. I didn't care that I was fluff. I was super stoked and yeah. excited. But yeah, nowadays, like you can be in like your local newspaper. Not saying local newspaper is bad, no. but much smaller geographic reach. And everybody, your friends in California, your friends in Canada, will know. Like everybody, everywhere.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so it's,
1: a, it's just a different world.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to be anonymous. You really can't. Like, there's just too much information out there on the internet. People will find out who you are, which is a big reason why I just took the risk. I'm like, I'm just going to not be an anonymous. But I, I, I did do kind of full disclosure at my old job or, you know, a couple jobs ago or whatever, being like, hey, I have a blog. Also, I'm like, yeah. I was pretty junior. So I'm like, I don't really care if you don't like it. I can find another yeah. job and you probably don't care because I'm junior. So I think it's yeah. fine. Um, that's awesome. So you started bargaineering. It kind of took off clearly because you were able to go full time, which is incredible. And especially like go, go full time. it seems like in a time where lots of people didn't do that. It seems like a little bit more popular that that's everyone's kind of dream is to start a vlog, make money, and then just walk into the sunset. Um, <laughs> I know, which is like, oh, so far from the truth. Um, so why did you end up selling it and then starting wallet hacks?
1: Well, so what was interesting is that around that time, a lot of other blogs were getting sold
0: mm. and they're
1: being bought up by, you know, these big corporations that I, f- I thought knew what they were doing. Right. And I was afraid I was just eventually just going to get squeezed out. And, here right. you know, I'm one of the things, you know, you said, oh, they're going to, you know, you quit your job, work on your own thing. It's like, I mean it's great because whatever you make, you keep all of it. Yeah. But then when you don't make anything, there's no like salary that yeah. backs you up in those lean moments. So there was the worry, at least in my mind that I, I've built this thing up. I kind of fell into it anyway. And here are all these other, my, my peers, like get rich slowly. If I yeah. cent Nick go, they, they were all getting snapped up. I was like, Oh, what if I'm, You know, I was kind of like, what if I'm left holding the bag? Yeah. In a year, I look around like here. Someone said, oh, I'll give you whatever for your blog. And I said, no, I'm going to go it alone. I'm going to keep going. And then I look back and go, oh, huh, I should have. And, you know, it's.
0: The FOMO, basically. Total FOMO.
1: FOMO But it's also like life-changing money. Yeah. When you sell something for seven figures, like, you know, it's always great to sell it. For eight figures, for whatever
0: is that? But, how much you were able to sell it for? Then yeah, take that money yeah. and run.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it changes what you're able to do for the rest of your life.
0: Hundred percent. And
1: and so you know, I was just like, this this had a good run. I'd been doing it for five years.
0: Yeah. So there's a bit of
1: bit of that sort of blogging burnout. Yeah. I'm like I'm doing the same things over and over again, and so that sort of that sort of drove the decision. And looking back, not regretful at all. So, mm-hmm. why did I start Wallet Hacks, which is essentially the same thing? It's because I had what, like a five year break. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm still in, what what got me interested in money still interests me. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning about it, maybe about different aspects of it, maybe less about the frugality and more about investing and, and sort of that end of it. But I always kind of like figuring things out.
0: Mm-hmm. And sort
1: of the Wallet Hacks idea was like sort of hacking my way through through money and, and understanding things the, the way I like Plus it gives me something to do and I enjoy yeah. it. It feels more like a, like a game than it is work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's, that's kind of why I got back into it. Also I'd started other businesses in the interim because yeah. one of the things about when you sell something is that you can't just jump right back in. They, mm-hmm. they frown on that. Mm-hmm. And so I started all, a couple other businesses that uh, were, they were fun, but not, not to the degree that I enjoyed blogging, yeah, and so I was just like, "I'll just get back into it, and things are going well, so i'm I'm really happy,
0: yeah, well, I think you probably have a knack for blogging, so that helps yeah. <laughs> not yeah. everyone can i mean anyone can start a blog, but it's Uh, Not everyone can make one that's so successful like you did with barganeering, especially you had like no background in, I'm assuming, real finance or marketing or websites and that you were able to build it to what it was. So that's pretty special.
1: Yeah. What's, what's always fun is with blogs. Actually what's always funny about blogging is that you, you need to do it long enough for the success to happen. But Mm -hmm. if you're looking for the success early, you'll quit yeah too fast because it, it just doesn't it just doesn't show up like bargaining didn't make any money for the first easily for the first year
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: but it had done some things that got me excited about it to keep doing it like getting in the new york times
0: yeah that yeah, didn't did.
1: result in i think adsense it resulted like 20 dollars in adsense which yeah. was a ton back yeah. then i was looking at like 0 to 5 to 10 cents a day yeah. so that was already exciting but Next to my salary, I was making $60,000 a year as a software developer. Like $20 a day doesn't really, like you're not, I'm not going yeah, to
0: buy groceries with that, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'm, I was like, it, it got me excited to keep doing it
0: mm-hmm. that
1: and enjoying it. And it to the point where it got big enough to support, you know, a full time income. And a lot of times bloggers quit before that. Because they're looking, you know, they started a blog to make money and after a year when they have it, they're like, ah, maybe I got to do something else. And maybe that's right. Maybe they should be yeah. doing something else, but yeah. a year, a year is probably not long enough to learn anything to the degree where you could, you know, make a living off it anyway. Mm-hmm. So why would blogging be something where you're like, oh, I've done it for a year. I should be, you know, it's like, I, I started playing golf about a year ago. I think I should, I should be able to make money golfing now. Exactly. Right? So it's, yeah.
0: I know. And that's what I I tell everybody who comes up to me like, oh, I'm going to start a vlog or a podcast. I'm like, okay. I mean, you do you. But for me, I think the reason I'm still in this is because I've been doing this for like, you know, cumulatively six years. I'm in it quite deep. So it's hard to get out now. But I don't know, like if I knew, known how much time and effort it would have taken me to get to where I am. I don't know if I would have done it (laughs) quite honestly. Yeah. But it's, but, it's yeah. a
1: fun process if you're able to do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and now you have wallet hacks, which I really, really like. Um, Kind of like you said, yeah, there's lots of great hacks, just like actual things to do, which I think is great because a lot of blogs I find, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, are do talk more about mindset or just like feelings with money and stuff. Sometimes you're just like, I just want to like – like how do I optimize mm. this, this, and this? Um, so I want to kind of actually like start off with that because I really like there's a section on your website about just like specific hacks uh, to look into. Lots of them, yeah. honestly, I've never heard of before. So I want to kind of start off with one that I would like to know what it is. Okay. What's the secret secret Santa hack? What is that?
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> so it's funny. So. You- you had emailed me that list of of the different. Yes, that Was like, actually the one that I didn't look you at.
0: You know what? Let's so, move on.
1: <laughs> no, 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 actually, well, this is what we. Do. This is what I think it is. Okay. First of all, since since I wrote it, I I should remember what it is. You know but what? Funny That's enough, totally. About- I think it's the one where we do the white elephant. No, it's the, it's the white elephant. Yeah. One where you don't. Instead of like. So you have like a. Okay. Here's is yeah. There are two parts. this actually now that I think about it. So when you have like a fat, like a large family and you're buying gifts for everyone, it's like, mm-hmm. well, why buy It's You can, if you have the means to buy gifts for everybody, right? You want to get the, the problem is that gets expensive. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of families, including uh, ours, we do like a secret Santa where you mm-hmm. only have to buy one gift and everybody has fun with it. Yeah, and It's not like you have to get a gift for every single person because they're, and now we have the means where if we wanted to give a gift to everybody, it's like, yeah, you could do that. I mean, it's a lot harder because you have to think of a good gift. Yeah. But it also costs a lot. But if you do secret senate and you have to think for one person, mm-hmm. then that's far easier. And it saves mm-hmm. you money, especially for you know younger folks in your family who, you know, you probably don't want someone who's just newly got married, whatever type yeah. of you. You buy gifts for all the aunts and uncles and whatever. Then the other thing is you can do like a white elephant type of like gag gift. It's still Mm -hmm. like the fun aspect of, you'll probably still get gifts for like the family members that are super close, but maybe like brothers-in-laws and things like that, you know, maybe skip out on it and just stick with the white elephant. And then really gifts are about like having fun and like showing love and all that. It's not necessarily about spending as much money as you can and like making sure the gift that you get someone is the same that they get you and blah, blah, blah. So that's, that hack was something that, I didn't come up with. My friend told me that their family did. And
0: mm-hmm. They said it's
1: a little, so it can be a little challenging to implement because if you have family members, especially like grandparents, who will buy, you know, retire whatever to, they have the means, they just want to buy gifts or whatever, let let them buy gifts or whatever, mm-hmm. but still do the secret Santa and it's it's a lot of fun for everyone. And then the younger folks who don't don't or can't really spend that much mm-hmm. don't you know feel like they have to put themselves 100%. out to do it.
0: Yeah, that's what me and my. uh, my family does. So it's just, it's, you know, I've got my parents, my two sisters, my husband and my sister has a husband. So there's no kids yet. So I think maybe that's where maybe it'd get a little bit more tricky, but now that we're all adults and honestly, it's like, we have to spend money on the flight home and all this stuff. We just talked We're like, listen, can we just do a gift exchange? It'll be easier on everyone, less stressful too. And yeah, so far, it's been good in general. It's been okay to implement. I'd say my younger sister feels a little bit gypped because she's like, she's in her mind, she got less gift getting years (laughs) and I'm like, Oh my God. But whatever. But in general, yeah, like it's great. It doesn't, it doesn't make my Christmas any less good. If anything, I think we try to focus more on, okay, not putting so much focus on the gifts. Let's make sure we're all like contributing to like making Christmas dinner playing board games or whatever. Okay, good. Well, that's an easy one for anyone to do. All right, so next on my list is I wrote down amazon.com. Did you have a hack for Amazon? I think that'd be interesting to know. I have a lot. So oh, do you?
1: There were I mean, a lot of them are now well known, and they were probably pretty well known back then, but it it was a uh, the post has I don't know how many, but there are a ton edits. Just over time, you just accumulate like better ways of spending money on Amazon, mm-hmm. and one of them was so we have Prime. Yes, you get two free, free two day shipping, mm-hmm. and they'll bribe you if you if you're willing to accept it for slower. And I started taking all of the bribes, and then realizing you know, the the bribe was the one that I really like, and the, actually the only one I take is the one dollar off digital items. But they stack, so you essentially accumulate this this wallet of one dollar things that you could just spend on whatever, and that includes like downloadable PlayStation games, mm-hmm. so like the games that are like sixty bucks I've been mm-hmm. getting for free because we order a lot of stuff from Amazon
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we'll do things like order one item at a time as we need it, which is I, which is probably what they want you to do like as I think of oh, I need this particular thing, but I don't want to go to Home Depot to get it or right. I don't go to you know the local store i I'm willing to wait a week. To get whatever screwdriver part, whatever, Mm -hmm. and they'll give me a dollar and then I can spend it later when I go buy like a video game or like uh TV shows and prime like movies and things like that. So it's
0: Hmm.
1: yeah, we just accumulated. When we when Amazon didn't have a distribution center Mm -hmm. in Maryland, you know, they have to collect sales tax on all of the sales that go into an area where they have a Nexus and you could go online and you could search all of the second or the third party sales of people mm-hmm. selling things and find the ones that were outside of your state. Now they, they'll they even show you which ones will charge you tax and which won't. And then you can mm. really like compare and contrast. It only save you a couple dollars, but if it takes just like a second or two. To
0: take yeah. And if again, like everything's cumulative, like that could be, you know, roll into a quite a. Few, uh, that's interesting that you do that. Um, because I thought you know, kind of one hack that lots of people like to think is like, oh, I order more than one item to get free shipping if you not if you're not on Amazon Prime. But really, that just encourages you to buy more stuff that you may not need. Like, do yeah. you think like Amazon yeah. Prime is actually worth it? I guess like like you said, if you do purchase a lot of items from it, and it seems like now you can order anything from Amazon.
1: Yeah, we'll just buy like little things because. We're I mean we're not that far from stores or anything, like we're not out, out in the woods, but you know, you these are all like little chores around <clears> the house that if you had everything you could go do it in like ten minutes. But if you had to go get the actual part that you needed, it's now it now becomes like an, a one hour thing. And then a one hour thing is like, oh, I'll just do it some other time. But if you order it and it gets here in a week, you yeah. get a dollar for it, and you're like, Oh, this this works out and it, and Amazon is cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper than going to the store. So you save money on both ends, not having the drive and getting a cheaper part.
0: That's true. So, Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll definitely uh, look that article and link it in the show notes because I'm sure there's a bunch of other interesting hacks and everyone's all about Amazon these days. So Um, one thing I actually really wanted to talk about, because I thought this was really interesting, especially since me and my husband now do this, have done it for a year. And I'm like, I think we'll probably do this forever now is on your site. You mentioned that you have tracked your spending and your net worth for the past 14 years. Is that true? And how... How did you start doing that? I think that's one, like, it's so simple, but most people don't even think to do it because they think it's a lot of work and effort and annoying.
1: (laughs) I mean, so in the beginning, uh, I actually started because a friend suggested it and she Mm -hmm. gave me her spreadsheet that she had used and she called it her budget Bible. Uh I kept that. I kept budgeting up until maybe around five years where I just recorded every single transaction. Mm -hmm. And eventually that got a little too cumbersome and I stopped. Learning all that much about where, because you get to the point where, you know, when you first start, you know, making a full-time income, your your money can easily just like walk out the door. When you're oh for sure, you go out with friends, whatever. Next thing you know, you're like, how did I spend three hundred bucks, you know, this past month on just going to bars, (laughs) whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but after a few years, you kind of get into a rhythm and you know what's happening, and and at that point, some of the tools like Mint. And that that added a little more automation. So you didn't have to record everything started coming in. And so I used that for a couple of years, but I never pulled that data into the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. The net worth stuff I tracked and it's only once a month. And it just essentially just an accounting of all the the balances. And in the beginning there were not that many balances. It was Mm like a 401k, a Roth IRA, and then like a checking account, Mm -hmm. maybe like two checking accounts. And so I just, kept doing it. And over, over time, every month, just going in and recording it. And I, uh, you know, you, you start pulling in some tools, like start using personal capital when they released because they pulled in all of the data mm-hmm. into one place. So I didn't have to log in every point. It's just adding just more automation to keep life a lot, a lot simpler. One yeah. of the things actually not related to recording transactions was credit cards start allowing you to get transaction notifications, like near instantly and I would get it set up on all my credit cards for anything over a dollar or zero, whichever, you know, they all have different systems. But what's funny is, you know, when they talk about, Oh, using a credit card, you get disconnected from the transaction process.
0: You do a little Mm -hmm.
1: bit. It's not like real money. Well, when you get emails or text messages, every time there's a charge, Mm
0: -hmm. it's,
1: it like kind of reminds you of that, like things are happening, especially like recurring bills that you may not, you know, you're, cell phone or whatever and it's it's actually shockingly fast like yeah I would be at a restaurant pay for something and before I got back I would already have an email
0: like mm-hmm. before the
1: card came back and I was like oh so they how do they how do they do the tip like, <laughs> yeah kind of happens later it just kind of <laughs> just figures itself out yeah and it was it was very enlightening to watch because mm-hmm. And I, I think this is what happens when people, you know, I've, I've talked or emailed with folks that have had Quicken accounts, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the budgeting tool for like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they've had it for 20 years and they don't want to quit it because yeah. they have all that data. I fortunately was, was just using Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. But you go back, you see sort of like the evolution of your financial life, like the accounts that come in, the different things. And it's been, it's been fun and educational. Like you learn it, like how, like the most minor decisions you made as a kid have had such a huge impact as a kid. Like I say that as yeah. that is when I did it now, I was like 20 something. It was 14 years ago, but like saving into a 401k and now the 401k balance is enormous.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: You're like, Oh, I just didn't even, you know, I didn't think about it. I was like, Oh, I'll just put in whatever I'm supposed to put in. And now years later after not paying attention to it, it's not, Not completely not paying attention to it, but not, like, really. But not
0: worrying about it. Yeah.
1: yeah, Your 401k is not somewhere where you, like, log in and, like, play around or whatever. No. Like, you just have it there. You, like, make sure everything's okay. You rebalance it once a year, maybe once every couple years, depending on how how on top of it you are. But you just kind of leave it alone and it grows. And You're like, whoa, look at that.
0: It's nice to have that actual evidence because like every financial book or blog talks about, oh, start investing early because you know, you'll start at this amount and then in 20 years, you'll be at the million-dollar mark. You're like, yeah, sure. But if you actually have the debtor, you're like, oh, it actually – it's true. <laughs> it works. No, I, I'm the same as you. Once we started – Really tracking everything. We're like, Oh, we thought we knew about our money and actually we really didn't know this much. And there's so many questions that pop up that now we have the data to look like, Hey, so how much did we actually contribute to our investments and how much did it actually grow? Or how much interest did we actually earn on our savings accounts? And, and all these other questions pop up. Whereas before we would never know, we would just never know how to figure that out. Now it's like, Oh, we have all. The data, we can look really granular and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty, uh, I don't know, motivating, I would say.
1: One of the interesting things that I added uh, a couple of years ago was I took all of our tax information. Mm-hmm. So I just took like – so in the US, you have the Form 1040. It's We just took a couple line items. There were probably like 12 or 13 of them. It was like total income, adjusted gross income, and then taxes, the different things. And we looked how our tax rates would change over the years mm. and how as we've done more – uh, less like wage income and more business and investment how the tax rates have gone down significantly mm-hmm. and it's it it just shows us that you know that you know maybe the tax situation isn't necessarily skewed favorably mm-hmm. for some folks compared to others but then also like when you start off and you, you think to yourself okay i'm making money but i'm also being taxed the most how do i be the most efficient I need to save as much as I, I can and move it into investments where it can not only grow without my direct intervention but that it'll be taxed favorably
0: mm-hmm. because
1: you know when in your retirement you kind of want that that nest egg to be as big as possible exactly if you need to keep working and it gets taxed at you know income rates like it's that's not something that's really sustainable and Mm-mm. it's hard to know that when you're 20 something
0: yeah. Right. Cause you're like, yeah. oh, I
1: got a paycheck. This is way more money, you know, than I need. Why don't I have fun with it? I yeah. deserve it. When in reality, you should think, well, when I'm 60 something, what do I want the scenario to look like? And so seeing, you know, the data change over 14 years, it kind of solidifies, like, you know, why I, I, I had a revelation a couple of years ago about life insurance. It's like, why does it get so much more expensive when you're like 30? Mm-hmm. or you're 35. It's not because you're any riskier when you're 30 or 35 compared to 25 or 20. It's not on a 30-year term. It ends when you're 65 if yeah. you start at 35. You know, the cost isn't in the 30, you know, when you're 31, 32, 30. It's when you're 58, 59, 60. Yep. That's really how people should be thinking about the money that they're earning in their 20s. <laughs> and we don't because granted, like, you know, we just, don't have that long-term view and we no, think everything's hard to fine. think
0: that far into the future, you know, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if that got too, too deeply philosophical. No, I liked it. Years of
0: no, I, I think that is so amazing. Cause I feel like there's not too many people out there. There's just so many you know, hypothetical examples. I don't. I, I don't think I've ever really heard a, a real person who's been like, no. I've actually been tracking my, you know, everything for fourteen years. I have the data, yeah. and basically, it seems like what you're kind of saying is a lot of the principles that are. Kind of promoted, like, you know, investing, kind of like that get rich slowly kind of mentality and just like not fiddling around. It seems like what you do for investing is kind of the kind of index passive investing kind of thing where you just rebalance yourself and all that. All that stuff is actually that works. I really liked your hack actually about the um, getting a notification every time you spend something in your credit card. So simple. I've never even thought of that. And one of my issues, big time, when it comes to spending, is spending with my credit card because I'll, I'll do something, and in that moment, like five seconds later, I'll forget that. I, or sometimes, and I think this is a, a thing that lots of people do, they will get to you know the terminal, and uh, they won't even really look at how much it is. You know, they'll just be like, yeah, whatever, tap or swipe or whatever, yeah. which is a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> we should know, should be more cognizant of what we're spending our money on.
1: It was also good so I started doing it to try to combat fraud.
0: Oh, right? That's smart.
1: You know, they say, Oh, you should check your credit card bills and whatever and I do but they're all auto paid.
0: Yeah.
1: It's all set up. So sometimes I did, sometimes I go for like a couple months, and then I read this article about this guy who had he had been scammed. And but since he paid off the bill, like a lot of his recourse was was removed because he I guess by virtue of auto paying you're Mm -hmm. accepting the charges. And so it's hard to, and he had it on auto pay. So, and I have it on auto pay. So I was like, Oh, well, I, I don't want to take off auto pay, but I kind of want to know. So I set it up and then a couple months into it, I, there was some notification of like a two ninety nine charge that I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was fraudulent. Mm. And I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that if I went and looked at my credit card bill, every single, I probably would not have saw the two. No, you're ones. like, I don't know.
0: Maybe I just forgot what I bought, whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's just like, Oh, this is like, i went to some, no, but if you get it immediately on your phone and I'm like sitting at my house,
0: you're like, like, no, there's
1: no way I didn't, I didn't just buy that.
0: Mm-hmm. At the
1: or whatever. And so, you know, I just go on and just challenge the transaction and, it worked for its purpose and I've had it since and so far, so you know, knock on wood. It hasn't, hasn't happened again.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I have like the opposite experience. I'll always like, you know, diligently look at my spending and my credit card. And sometimes when I see something, Oh, I don't, I don't know what that is. And I'll assume it's fraudulent. And most of the time it's just me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why most if you the get time it instantaneously, it's just me. But to it, be fair, you it's like, you
0: don't get in trouble for calling your credit card to be like, you verify this or like, what exactly is this? Like case in point recently, uh, like me and my husband flew back from Vancouver to Toronto after our holiday vacation. And, uh, we flew WestJet. And uh, then I looked at my credit card a month later and WestJet says like WestJet $30 going to Calgary or or it said in Calgary. I'm like, wait, I didn't go to Calgary and buy anything for $30 through WestJet. So I uh, called the credit card company and they're like, oh yeah. So WestJet specifically, they sometimes do lump like um, charges with all their clients. So sometimes they bill you a month later. I'm like, oh, so yeah, that was me. But they were so close to be like, oh, well, we'll take care of this. And then I'm like, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. no, that was me.
1: <laughs> I don't understand why those line items and credit cards aren't more descriptive.
0: I know. It's like, tell me what it is.
1: Like, yeah, I had an like idea
0: who spends like $30 in a flight. I'm like, well, someone definitely bought booze.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but if they bill you a month later, like, how are you supposed to know? I know.
0: Bill? It's like, I have no idea what this is. I'm yeah. like, we didn't go anywhere. I was at home. Yeah. But no, I, I think I'm going to set that up just to – Yeah, have more consciousness because I think the tricky thing, too, is although tracking my spending is great, I do it basically at the end of the month. So it's kind of like, well, I know everything that happened to my money after the fact. So it would be nice to have some kind of more real-time information. So within that month, you can kind of change some of your spending habits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you'll – be shocked well you might not be but i might be shocked i was i was. I made the speed at which the (laughs) transaction
0: oh i I probably would be yeah
1: yeah i was was just like wow the person didn't even you know the wait staff hadn't even come back with the little billfold thing and it was already emailed i was like all
0: right that's insane it's pretty good um okay so we're kind of, uh, I guess we can talk a lot. Uh, so I'm going to, because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been talking for almost 40 minutes. Um, so before I let you go, I just want to kind of pick your brain because again, you were kind of a hack master. Uh, but also you have a lot more information I think than I do when it comes to like maybe good financial apps to use. There's a lot more in the States than in Canada. What are some of your... Favorite ones. It does seem like do you still kind of do lots of things manually, but or, or which which apps do you actually use or or, or really like to recommend?
1: So I put uh, I put everything in Excel, but I pull the data using Personal Capital because mm-hmm. they're the they're the one that has probably the most easy to use tools. Is Personal Capital
0: them. a bank? That might be a dumb question, but I don't. Personal know. Personal
1: Capital is they're like wealth management. Okay, they're like they're like one of the new f- uh, fintech startups. I don't know how they're they're actually
0: many they're years
1: old. Like. Mm five years and but what they do is they will give you like a financial dashboard so you can pull in all your accounts and Mm. and they will call you about managing money and things like that but the tool itself is free oh that's nice retirement planners that can help you like chart out if you need x dollars in the future and you anticipate so like different calculators things like that i use it mostly to get sort of a snapshot of everything in one place and that's that's good one that I haven't started using, but I've heard good things about, is Tiller. Tiller, Tiller, oh. Tiller is and they're like a, an automation tool that will pull data into spreadsheets. And Ooh, so right now it's,
0: I like that. <laughs> I think they have
1: plans to uh, pull into Excel. Mm. And I've I've been using Excel for you know 14 years, so I just kind of kept it all there. And part of it is is I like keeping it manually elsewhere because it's kind of like when you take notes. Like it's one thing to type it out; it's yeah. another to handwrite it. Like it's just yeah. like an extra step, and I'm not, I'm not gonna handwrite my
0: records. Oh my God, no! But I hear you. You, it becomes you think about it more when you kind of do it yeah. that ha- manually. When you automate too much, then again, just like your credit card, you'd be like, I forget what I did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's so. I usually use I use personal. Catalog. I don't do that much budgeting anymore. When I did, it used to be Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh. Personal capital also, you know, they started as an investing thing. Then they pulled in some budgeting, but I haven't used it that mm-hmm. much. Other than that, it's just like the, the apps on your phone that access the banks and, and whatnot. Yeah. Like
0: so kind of and... just keep it simple.
1: Yeah. I don't,
0: yeah.
1: I don't, I don't I, I've played with a lot of different tools, but none of them are really, they're, they're not that much different. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of.
0: I kind of agree. Like, I think it's cool to test out and see what works for you. But for me, like you, I do everything manually with spreadsheets and it's not because I don't like any of the other apps. It's just none of them made me think more about my money than me really like taking notes and putting it in, you know, my nicely formatted Excel spreadsheet and then having that, you know, one-on-one meeting with my husband so we could talk about our money each month. It's like simple and old school, but it works.
1: It's like tailored suits or whatever, right? Like, it's, yeah. It takes a lot more time and effort to get it up and running. But once you do and it's perfectly tailored to what you need exactly. and you're familiar with it, then it just comes down to how do I make it faster by pulling in data or looking at one place instead of 20 different
0: places. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks, Jim, for uh, taking some time to yeah. chat with me. I uh <laughs> a great well, done. Time. That's it? I, that's it? We talked for a while. It just And I, I just like looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. I don't know. You're an interesting guy, I guess. <laughs> you're interesting too. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you're uh, welcome back anytime. And uh, oh, where you. can people find more information uh, about you after this episode?
1: I think you just come to WalletHacks.com. They can shoot me an email: jim at WalletHacks.com. Ooh, you know, that's nice of off. you. Yeah, I I will reply. I hope. I-
0: <laughs> Oh, I mean, if it's no, a I'm mean re- email, re- I won't. But if it's a nice one, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure all your watchers and listeners are nice they people. They are.
0: They're very nice people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Jim, again for taking the time. It was awesome.
1: It was great. Thanks.
0: And that was episode 154 with Jim Wang from Wallet Hacks. Make sure to check him out at wallethacks.com or send him an email. I thought that was so cool that he actually like, here's my email. Because for me being a blogger for so many years, I know bloggers – in general, hate to kind of give out their contact info because you would not believe the crazy emails we get, the spam we get, the crap we get in our inboxes. But, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, email me whenever, Jessica, JessicaMoros.com, because I know within all of that crap that I get in my inbox trying to sell me, you know, I don't know. I I can't think of anything right now, but there's some outrageous stuff that comes to my inbox, a lot of stuff that's about, like, you know, there's some prince in Ethiopia and I'm related to him and all that kind of stuff. But then also just like stuff that kind of seems like, is this legit? Is it not? But anyways, I'm getting off track. Um, you can email Jim at wallethacks.com personally, cause, uh, he probably will email you right back. And I think that's amazing. And that's awesome. Um, I've got a few things to share with you. So don't go away. Here's just a few words about this episode sponsor. Track your hours, format the estimate, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that late payment, prepare the invoice, submit the proposal. Welcome to the worst part of being a freelancer, otherwise known as paperwork. The good news is that the good people at FreshBooks have created a ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds... Set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need a whip of a quick proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has you covered too. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork and to get a free 30-day trial, go to FreshBooks.com slash Mo and enter Mo Money Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, that's FreshBooks.com slash M-O and enter Mo Money Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, first, forgot to mention, of course, there's show notes for every episode. The uh, episode number for this current episode is 154, so make sure to go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 154. And uh, just quick rule of thumb, if you ever want to check out the show notes on any episode, well, you can see all of them very easily at jessicamorehouse.com slash podcast, or just find out the episode number, which is always like at the head of the uh, title of the episode, and go jessicamorehouse.com slash whatever that number is. So there you go. Also, so today, currently when this episode is out, is uh, April 11th. And what does that mean? That means we're only a few more weeks away from the tax deadline. I know, so exciting. So exciting. So If you are like me and you're self-employed or if you have a side hustle on top of your day job and you're freaking out because you have no idea what the heck to do, I got you, I got you. Uh, What I would suggest uh, to kind of maybe put you at ease is you can watch the replay of me and Lisa Zamparo's uh, tax webinar. So This is really mainly for Canadians because we're Canadian and so we know about Canadian taxes. Um, But there is actually a really good section at the beginning, uh, the kind of first part of the webinar is about how to get organized for taxes. So that is kind of good for anybody to listen to. But uh, yeah, if you're freaking out over taxes, highly recommend go to Jesscomorehouse.com slash tax webinar and uh, sign up to uh, watch the replay of our webinar. And hopefully that'll put your mind at ease. Because believe me, I used to panic when it was like tax time. And now I actually kind of look forward to it because I once you retain that information, once you know how to do it, how to file your taxes properly and what things to look out for in terms of like deductions and credits and what all the lingo means, Means, it's like really not. It really isn't that big of a deal. You're like, oh, that's it. That's not. Why is everyone makes it so complicated? Because it's not complicated. Just like personal finance in general. Personal finance is not complicated. Yes, there is you know lingo and jargon and all that kind of stuff. But in general, once you really just take the time to educate yourself, which you are by listening to this podcast, you realize it's really not that bad. So uh, yeah, so that is my little PSA on taxes and personal violence. So there you go. Uh, Okay, so I'm gonna let you go. But I'll be back here next week next wednesday specifically with another episode uh and uh, that episode will be with deacon hayes from well-kept wallet and we're going to be talking about uh debt and uh, financial independence and all that good stuff so uh if you're in the mood for that look out for that next wednesday all right have a good rest of your day y'all i'll see you then